Exodus chapter 20 this morning. Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to just read one verse. We're going to read um, <clears throat> verse 12. And then we're going to go to Ephesians. So if we could find Ephesians there, get your uh, finger in Ephesians as well. Looking at a promise here from the Bible in Exodus chapter 20. <clears throat> and it's got a command and it's got a promise in it. And we want to catch both of them this morning. And obviously they deal with honoring mothers. <clears throat> That's what we're looking at today. But I want us to see the, the, the larger context of the whole idea of honoring mothers. Exodus 20 and verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now, it's interesting. It's sandwiched in there. It's commandment number five. Right? And it's sandwiched just where you change. The first four are dealing with uh, our relationship to God. The second six are dealing with our relationship to man. Right? They're an outworking of it. And really, you know, what they are is they're, they're, they're a set of commands that help us with life. And right in the middle of it, you have uh, the first command towards manward is we're to honor our mothers and our fathers. <clears throat> and it's got huge meaning. It's got greater meaning than we, we can actually imagine uh, as we think about it. And a society is going to be dramatically affected by how serious it takes this command. How seriously it takes this command. Uh, it's a key issue for us. Uh, it has great benefits when personally obeyed. When you obey it in your life, it has great benefits, tremendous benefits to you. It's going to be a help to you if you actually obey it in your life. But you know that the benefits are not just for you. The benefits are going to be for society at large. It's going to make us a different kind of a society if we honor our parents and do it <clears throat> well. Uh, let me say this, and I think I can say it <clears throat> uh, without anybody contradicting me. No society has long survived when honor of parents is disregarded. Societies don't, don't last long. Once they get to the place uh, where honor of parents is disregarded. Our society is in desperate trouble. And one of the key indicators is the failure to honor parents. Now, <clears throat> look, we, we, we gather here this morning. Like we said in the, uh, uh, earlier, we all have one thing in common. Everybody here has a mother. Right? <clears throat> Absolutely everybody has a mother. If you think you haven't got a mother, we have a doctor in the audience that might be able to help you. Okay? Everybody somewhere has a mother. Right? <laughs> that, that's just something we all have in common. And this issue of honoring them, for some of us, you know, listen, our, y your mother may be long gone. You know, for some, you're a long time out of the house, and it's a, it, it's a long time. For, for some of you, your, your mother may be uh, on a different continent altogether. You know, for some, you may be still at home and um, you're, you're still, you know, under the authority of your mother and your father. But for all of us, it's a key issue. Our attitude to this commandment and how we deal with it has a huge impact upon our lives and upon our society. And we need to kind of tease our way through because, you know, as, as I go through it today myself, you know what? I can look back in times of my life where I, my attitude wasn't right towards this commandment. And it cost me. I can look at times in my life now where, you know, where I actually catch it. And my attitude towards this commandment is important. And even if your mother has passed on, you know, it's important for you to have a right attitude towards this. It's important for you to actually grapple with what this is saying. Because see what God is saying? God is saying <clears throat> that it may be well with you. Good life. Good life is hinged upon this commandment 
And you could say good life, good life is hinged upon all the commandments, but you know what? God doesn't say that so clearly to you. He says it to you on this commandment. A good life is hinged upon this life commandment, and a long life is hinged upon that, this commandment. So that's important to us. Right? So uh, let's turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We'll read our verse there. Then we'll pray and we'll begin to tease our way through it. Ephesians chapter 6. We'll read verse 1 and verse 2. Verse 2 and 3 are where we're going, but verse 1 does definitely come into it too. So Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 1, I'm going to read to verse 3. All right, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Great verse for a child to learn. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Father, would you bless us as we look to your word today? Lord, we realize it's not a new truth. It's nothing new for anybody in this room. But Lord, it's a very important truth. Would you help us to look at it, to deal with it? And Lord, to reconcile our hearts with it. And Lord, may we have your hand of blessing upon us. Lord, where business needs to be done with you, Lord, may it be done even as we uh, speak. And where where business needs to be done with a mother, may that be done too. But Lord, bless us today. And Lord, may we truly honor our mothers in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, so first of all, the word honor means to put weight upon them. And all the mothers went, oh, no, we don't want them putting weight upon us, right? But the idea of honor means to put weight. Now, it's weight in this sense. It's weight of glory. You see, when a judge walks into the room, if you've ever been in the courtroom, uh, everybody has to stand. It's all rise for the judge. Now, why is that? I mean, he's just a normal person. She's just a normal woman. Why is it that everybody has to rise and everybody has to show special respect? Well, it's because of the position that a judge has. And we understand that, you know, we, he's, he's called your honor and he's, everybody st- stands up when he walks into the room because we give him due honor. If you disrespect the judge in the courtroom, you're likely to find yourself in contempt of court and, um, you know, doing time in prison. You know, <clears throat> he's not just an ordinary individual when he's in that position. That's important to society. It's important to society that we have law and order. It's important to society that we have uh, people in that position. And it's important to society and any culture that they get the respect that is due to them. Right? So what we do is we, we, we give them honor. Now, the Bible talks about us honoring our parents. We're looking this morning at honoring <coughs> our mothers, right? And the nature of the duty means, the word is cabbed in the, in the Hebrew, and it's very strong. It strictly means to load with honor, and is often used in, re, used in reference to deity. Obedience is only one of the more prominent practical forms of this honor. The honor strikes deeper than mere obedience. It touches the heart. It bespeaks the affections. It is a reverence inwoven in the very nature, connected with the cords of being, and so coming to the surface in obedience and outward respect. So what God is saying here is he's saying, listen, we are to respect our mothers and lift them into high honor. 
We are to respect our fathers and our mothers and lift them into high honor. That's uh, an important issue. He's not just telling us, you know, on Mother's Day once a year, make sure you make a phone call and you give her a bunch of flowers. Now, I hope you make a phone call. I hope you give her a bunch of flowers and more too. But, you know, he's not just saying that. It's to be an all-year-round thing. It's to be a lifetime thing. The idea that we're going to honor <clears throat> our mothers. Now, we have some obstacles in our day and age to honoring our parents. We really do. We have some genuine obstacles that have come up uh, that, that are there, that stand in the way. Let me go through some of them. First of all, we have this thing called the generation gap. Now, do you realize that the generation gap is a relatively new thing? That if you talk to your, 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 your grandparents, your parents, your grandparents, uh, they can remember a day when there was no such thing as a generation gap. It's just an accepted deal now, you know what I mean? That uh, one generation doesn't get on with, another, with the previous generation because that's just the way it is. Well, that's just the way it is because that's the way it is now, but it's new. Fifty years ago, there was uh, really no such thing. There were differences and uh, problems in relationships. That, that's always been true, but there wasn't a generation gap. You know, uh, let me give you one example. You know, if you lived 50 years ago, 75 years ago, and you started a job at the age of 18, and you went out and you earned your money, do you know what you did with your money at the end of the week? You brought it home and you paid it up. You gave it up. Now, you didn't pay for your board and keep. You were part of a family, and you brought home your money and you gave it up, and then you got something back for your own spends for the week. That was just life. Because what you had was, you had families uh, who operated as one unit, and there wasn't a generation gap involved in it. There wasn't, you know, them and us. Uh, affluence has brought us into a whole different state of <clears throat> affairs, so what we've got is a generation gap. And what you've got is a generation now uh, who has legitimized the idea of, oh yeah, the parents, they know nothing. And now, most of us were raised at least in the, <clears throat> in the beginnings of that, uh, <clears throat> that generation. But there was the issue of, oh, no, the parents, they really don't know. That's new in society. That's a very dangerous thought in society. Now, some of you are from cultures where you say, that never happened in my culture. And <clears throat> you know what? That's great. That will preserve a culture. But in a Western culture like we're in, uh, in Ireland, what's happened is we've got a generation gap. We've got a, a generation who looks at their parents and, you know, kind of despises them. That's a serious problem. That is a serious problem in a society. Now, look, we can't change society. Well, you know, we probably can change society more than we think we can. But you know what? It's very important that we change it in our own hearts and lives. Not just because, you know, our parents deserve better, but because God commands it. Because God actually commands it. <clears throat> Then we've got selfishness. Now you say, you're going to say to me, well, listen, people have always been selfish, and that's true. People have always been selfish. The, uh, <clears throat> you know, the mark of the flesh is selfishness, and we've always been selfish. But do you realize that, you know, in the last hundred years or so, um, <clears throat> we've made an art form of selfishness. Uh, the 20th century was called the generation of the self. And here's, here's why it was called that. It was called that because what happened was an economy got going, and the economy for the first time, was focused on creating needs so that the economy could meet the needs so that the economy could make money. Right? <clears throat> you know, uh, <clears throat> my grandfather had one pair, two pairs of shoes. One pair he wore to church on Sundays and the other pair he wore the rest of the week. And if he had asked them why, didn't, why he only had two pairs of shoes, he said, sure, what would I do with more than two pairs of shoes? 
Right? Now, listen, most people in this room have more than two pairs of shoes. Some of you ladies really can't even count the number of pairs of shoes that you have, right? <laughs> now, but understand that what happened was an economy was created and the essential part of the economy was that you buy stuff. And so in order to get that economy going, they, 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 they focused. And we became terribly selfish. We, we, our expectations soared. You know, if you only had two pairs of shoes now, you'd feel so hard done by. You'd feel like, is that all I got? Is, I, I, I deserve more. Somebody needs, somebody needs to do something for me and make life better for me. You know, we've made selfishness an art form. Now, listen, that's the spirit of our age. Understand that. That's not making it okay. That's just kind of putting it out there for you to think about as the spirit of our age. We got pride. I mean, isn't it incredible that a teenager would think they know better than their mother? Think about it. Now, I remember being a teenager and thinking I knew better than my mother. <clears throat> you know, it's, it's real, it's normal. Uh, but isn't that incredible? And yet, we've got a huge amount of pride that puts us in the place where we think we know better uh, than parents. And let me tell you, one of the things that's, that's actually hit that is technology. It really has. You know, what you've got is you've got children, who, you know, who their parents turn to when they have a problem with the computer. Can, can, can you fix this for me? How many of you do that? <laughs> you, know, you don't know what's going on with the thing. Uh, but, but they can fix it. You know, it comes, comes to a TV and so on. They can fix it. They can sort it out. Uh, you know, it's amazing. And what happens is in a, in, in, in a technological age that's as van- advancing as rapidly as our age is, well, the kids are kind of just almost born knowing it at this stage. And they think they know better than parents. That's, listen, that's dangerous, parents. Uh, it's dangerous for you, to, for you to allow that thought to, uh, to continue. Listen, the truth is the child may actually know more about you. The truth is you may actually let the child help you with stuff. But understand this. And help the child to understand this. That that does not mean the child doesn't need to honor you. That does not mean that the child uh, should, ha- should understand that they let their pride run uh, and think they know more than you. Another problem is bitterness. Now, listen, parents are not perfect. Okay. Their children are not perfect. that true? So your parents were not perfect. They didn't get it all right. They may have been a blessing. They may have been wonderful to you. They may have been a help to you. But they're not perfect. And, you know, when we look at the gamut of parents, some parents got it radically wrong in children's lives. And what you've got today is you've got a psychology and a psychiatry that wants to trace back the root of our problems. Now, all the problems I have are caused by me. Right. Getting, understanding that was one of the, probably one of the, 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 the best things to help me in my life. Uh, all the problems I have were caused by me. It's not my mother, it's not my father, it's not my wife, it's not my kids. Me. I'm, I'm the cause of all my problems. And that's empowering because that enables me to actually fix the problems. But psychology and psychiatry are chase, tracing back the attitudes and the issues and the problems. And, and they're so often going to say, yeah, well, that's because of your home. That's because of what happened in your home. Right? And what you've got is you've got grown children. They're not children anymore. Sometimes they're adults. Sometimes they're middle-aged. And they're deciding, yes, my family is the problem. My mother is the problem. And there's huge bitterness being generated and made okay. Listen, 
your home wasn't perfect. No home is perfect. But you can't spend the rest of your life blaming your family, blaming your home uh, on the problems in your life. You, you can't do that. What you've got to do is you've got to understand, listen, there's a command here to honor. And by the way, the command to honor doesn't have a caveat in there that says, honor them if they really earn it. It's not like that. I mean, you may go down to the courtroom and you may say to the judge, well, you know what, I read something about you in the newspaper and I don't think you're worthy of my honor. I'm not standing up for you. Now, you can say that if you like and he'll say, right, then you're in contempt of court and you pay the price for it. You know, honoring the judge is not based upon whether you think he's honorable or not. And by the way, that, that goes right across the gamut for us now uh, with politicians. I mean, if we think they're honorable, we're going to honor them. And if we don't think they're honorable, they're not going to get our honor. And that's wrong, because there, there are situations, there are certain people that you're supposed to honor because God says you're supposed to honor them. And that's just it. And when it comes down to mothers, you know, listen, it's obviously it's much easier for you to honor somebody who was honorable. But whether they were honorable or not is not the issue. You've got to honor them. Some of you have met Major Ron Brooks. He was here. He preached it several years ago now since he was here, but <clears throat> he has an incredible testimony. He was raised in a home where dad was a drunk. And it was just a bad situation. He was really raised in a bad situation. And <clears throat> dad used to beat mom and dad used to beat Ron. So at the age of, I think, 14, Ron left home. He was kicked out, in fact. Dad told him, go get lost. That he, <clears throat> that he needed to earn a living for himself. And so he lived rough for a certain time. He uh, got a paper round. He, he did the things he needed to do. Got, finally got, got work in a shop, got a little situation for himself. He was, he was able to, uh, to have a room of his own and so on, and things were going well for him. And then he got saved. So things are going really well for him now. But the Spirit of God confronted him with, honor thy father and thy mother. And, and God wouldn't let him away with it. Because he knew he wasn't honoring them. He had nothing to do with them. He was supposed to be under author their authority. He was supposed to be honoring uh, his dad, and he had nothing to do with them. And now, I don't suggest this for everybody. And I, I, I don't suggest that this is the blanket rule for everybody. But you know what he did? He went to his dad, and he said, Dad, can I come and live at home? I will pay my way. I need to be under your authority, and I need to honor you. And he moved back in home. Do you know that he won his father to the Lord in the end? But you know, what he did was he took the command seriously. Now, it wasn't because dad was honorable. That wasn't the issue. The issue was the command. Honor your father and your mother. And so we, and we need to get out of our mind the idea of, well, I'll honor them if they're worthy of it. What you're going to do is you're going to neglect a command in your life, and it's going to reflect in your life. You've got to honor them <clears throat> whether or not um, uh, they're, they're worthy of it. And you see, what we have is we have the spirit of the last days, and we live in the last days, and we have the spirit of the last days. Let me read you what the Bible says about it. Don't turn there. Second Timothy 3.1 says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. Disobedient to parents, unthankful. Isn't that the spirit of our age? I'll tell you what, there's mothers in this room that have shed tears over disobedient, unthankful, unholy children. Maybe your mother has. 
Maybe your mother has. You know what? You need to fix that right away. You need to take away the pain right away. You need to deal with that issue right away. You know, you say, well, I can't. She's gone. Listen, deal with it before the Lord. Get it right in your own heart. Because <clears throat> we're supposed to honor our mother and our fathers. That's, that's who we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be a people that do. Now, <clears throat> mothers, let me give you two pieces of counsel today, right? <clears throat> Help your children. Right? Help your children to honor you. First of all, I'm going to say this, and in, 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 in our day and age, you, you're going to have a hard time with this, right? Uh, because you're going to say, I'm not an egomaniac, right? <clears throat> let, me, let me say this to you. Command and demand your children's respect. You say, I can't do that. If it doesn't come naturally, I don't want it. No, no, no. Listen, <clears throat> when it comes to your child eating the right food, you don't just say, well, honey, if you don't want to eat, you're going to die, and there's nothing I can do about it, so don't worry about it. <clears throat> you don't do that, do you? No, you, you do everything it's possible, including having them admitted to hospital because you, you want them fed. You, because here's what you, you know something is good for them, and you're going to make sure they get it, whether they like it or not. Now, isn't that true? Our age, our humanistic age, has done a number on our thinking, and we don't want to demand that they respect us and honor us. It's life to them. You're going to be giving your child the best gift you could possibly give them. Demand that they honor you. Demand that they respect you. When they don't, what you're doing is you're setting them up for failure. You're setting them up for destruction. You demand. They, they need to honor you. Dads, you need to enforce this one in the home. You need to go make sure these kids honor mom. It needs to be kind of a reciprocal thing. Sometimes it's easier for mom to ensure they uh, uh, honor dad and dad to ensure that they honor mom. But the, the issue in the home needs to be, no, they're going to be honored. Not because you're an egotistical maniac, but because it's the best thing for your children. Raise them to honor you. When they don't honor you, there should be trouble. Don't just kind of, you know, well, you know what, that's not very good. You shouldn't be speaking like that to your mother. No, don't, don't listen. Stop the world. Force the issue. They need to honor you. They need to honor you because if they don't honor you, what's going to happen is they're going to get in big trouble with God. So you're not, you're not doing them a disservice. You're helping them. Teach them to honor you. And, you know, uh, in ages gone by, that was just normal course of events. Everybody expected that they would be honored by their kids and they insisted on it and they got it and that was the no Not today. Today, parents, parents are confused about their role in their children's lives. And they're confused and they want to be their friends. Well, listen, I think it's great to have your child's ear and I think you need to develop a relationship on that level with them. But you know what? You're not the same as your kids. You're not just friends. They're supposed to honor you. And if you teach them to honor you, what will happen is it'll, you know, it'll pass off and they'll honor other people too. They'll honor the right people. Okay, but teach them, command and demand that they honor. Secondly, <clears throat> be an honorable parent. Make it easy for them. Be honorable. Be the kind of per parent. I mean, <clears throat> listen, if, if, if you had no other reason for it, <clears throat> and I think there are lots of other reasons for it, but when you see this little bundle put into your hands, you need to straighten up 
You need to get to the place where you're honorable, where you're living right. Because I'll tell you, you can fool the people in church. Now you can come here with your Sunday best on and nobody's going to know. I won't know. You can fool all, all, all the people in church. You can fool the people in the job. You will not fool that child that's sitting in your living room, that's watching you hour by hour and day by. You won't fool him. He will know what you are. So you know what? When it comes to our children honoring us, be honorable. Be the kind of person that it's easy for them to honor. That it's easy for them to look up and say, yeah, you know what? My dad, my mom, they're honorable. They're the kind of people that I want to, I would honor them anyway, even if I hadn't got a command. You know, <clears throat> be an honorable kind of a person. Um, <clears throat> and then let me give you the promise, right? <clears throat> that it may be well with you. Listen, that's a great promise. You know, if you said to me that you're going to go to college for four years and then you were going to do a master's and you were going to do an extra three or four years <clears throat> because you wanted to be a doctor and I asked you why and you said, well, look, I, I want to help people and, you know, I want to make money. I want to have a good life. Well, you know, that, that, that's a worthy ambition, isn't it? Take 10 years of your life to do, but, but that's a worthy ambition for somebody who's got the ability to actually do it and achieve it. You know, <clears throat> people will, will travel. Many of you are here because you, you, you left your homeland. And you traveled far and you set up home and you had to get houses and you had to get settled and you had to get jobs and all the rest of us because you wanted to do well. You wanted to do better. <clears throat> you know, we will do training that, that, that's expensive to us. We will do all kinds of things that we can have a better life. And God says, here's the way to have a better life. That it may be well with you. It's simple. God makes it simple. He says, honor your mother and your father. He says, give them the right respect in your life. Honor them, and it will be well with you. It will go well with you. Your life will go well. Now, God can't fail to keep his promises. In other words, God always keeps his promises. So here's the thing. I mean, you can travel to a far country. You can get the education. You can do all the rest of it and fail. And many do. Because you miss out a key ingredient that God put there. Honor your mother and your father. You miss out on a key, uh, uh, when you miss out on that key ingredient, you know what happens? You, you calculate failure into the equation for yourself. That's, that's not a wise thing to do. That's not a clever thing to do. You see, <clears throat> we'll do all kinds of things and sometimes miss the most basic thing. Now, now what does that mean to you? Okay, so here you are, you're... 25, 30, 35, 40, 50, whatever. And you realize, you know what? I really haven't honored my mother. I haven't honored my mother and father. I, I, I haven't treated them with the respect and the honor that they're due. You need to make it right. Because what you're doing is you're dragging a dead weight behind you. You're dragging something behind you that's going to hinder you in the plans you have for your life. That's going to hold back on the good that God wants to do in your life. So, so, so don't, don't do that. You see, here's the thing. When God gives us commands, <clears throat> some of the commands are very clearly, you know, they're, they're between us and God. And God says, I want you to do this because I want you to do this. But most of the commands, when you unravel them, they actually are for our benefit. 
They're for our benefit. All of them are, because obeying God is right. But you, when, you, when it comes to a command like this, honor your mother and your father, what God is saying is, now I want you to understand, it will be of great benefit for you to do it. It will be of great help for you to actually do this in your life. To honor your mother and your father. It's going to help you. Do it. And if you've missed it, you listen, God is the God of the second chance and the third chance and the fourth chance. If you've missed it in your life, today's a great day. Get it sorted out. Today's Mother's Day. To listen, there may be a woman somewhere in this world that is waiting for your phone call and waiting for you to say, I am so sorry for what I did. And if you do it, you know what's going to happen? You're going to make her day, but you're going to do much more than make her day. What you're going to do is you're going to actually take and turn your life around. Because until we honor our mother and our father, the problem is we're not going to know that good life that God has for us. The second thing, <clears throat> God says, he'll give us a long life, that it may be well with you, and that the days that you live in the land may be long. God will give us a long life. Now, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> I don't know the full extent of that, but I can, I can give you some thoughts off the top of my head here. Right? <clears throat> First of all, uh, it avoids so many pitfalls in your life. Let, let me say this, and it's just one area, and we could go right across the board. Nobody in this room's mother ever told you to do drugs, did they? What you did was you decided to do it against the command of your mother. Listen, everybody had somebody tell them no, and they did it anyway. You know, when we obey our parents, it's such a help in life. It protects us in life. You know, they may not be perfect. They may not, may not, have, not have it all right. <clears throat> but you know, the truth is that <clears throat> in those years, when you're going through it, you don't know which end of you is up. When you actually obey your parents, what you do is you set yourself up for life. You help yourself for life. And when you don't, there are always scars. Do you know that? There are always scars on your life when you don't obey. But that's another reason for you to <clears throat> help your children to obey. But <clears throat> it avoids so many pitfalls. It avoids drugs. It avoids bad relationships. You know, aren't mothers amazing? They can look at a relationship in a child's life and say, he's not good for you. She's not good for you. And the child will want to say, oh, come on. Oh, listen, just you don't like any of my friends and all the rest of it. But you know what? Mothers know their children. They can look at them and they can say, that relationship's not good. How many times have you flouted that and come around to saying, you know what? She was writing. And even, even though they're not perfect, listen, it helps a lot with our lives when we obey our parents. <clears throat> it can give you peace in your heart. And you know what? Peace in your heart is one of the sweetest things you can have in life. And, you know, I don't know that they could quantify it, but, you know, bitterness and anger and stress, I think those are the things that, that top us quicker than anything else. I think they manifest themselves in a multitude of ways, in cancers and in hearts and in all, all kinds of things. But, you know, when you have peace in your heart, you're in a good place. And one of the key ways for you to have peace in your heart is for you to honor your mother and your father. It will help you <clears throat> in your life. It'll, it'll give you a clear conscience. It'll give you a clear conscience. And, and let me say, you know, <clears throat> many of the other commands, I mean, the, the Godward commands, you can start doing at any time in your life. 
You know, <clears throat> you can stop stealing at any time in your life. You, you can do many things at any time in your life. But when it comes to honoring your parents, there's a time limit on it. There is a time limit on it. Now, <clears throat> you can help, you can change it, you can turn it around, even if, even if they're gone. But understand this, that there's a time limit on it. And if they're still alive today, yeah, you still got time. You got a blessing. You know, uh, make sure that you do it. <clears throat> but understand this, that if you don't, you're going to find that one day you're sorry that you didn't. <clears throat> um, the great Dr. Johnson, he wrote a dictionary, Johnson's Dictionary. <clears throat> and he, he was a great man, and, uh, and he was a great scholar, great classic uh, scholar. Right? <clears throat> um, he remembered a time in his life when his father, as a bookseller, a humble bookseller who sold books in a market, had asked Samuel to come and help him on the bookstall. And he was an up-and-coming young man, and he didn't like the idea of selling books on a book, <clears throat> book table, and he wouldn't do it. He refused to do it. He just refused. He said, no way, I'm not doing that. And <clears throat> what he did was he resented his father and didn't do it, and, and, and didn't do it. Well, his father died, and Samuel Johnson could not get away from this thing. He couldn't get away from it. He couldn't get away from the fact that he had, uh, what he had done is he had scorned his dad in this. And so one day, in desperation, he went and he stood in the place where his father's stall was. And he stood there with his hat off, which was a great shame in those days. And he stood there with his hat off to the mocking of all the children as a kind of penance. Now listen, he didn't cleanse his sins by penance. All right? don't, don't get that one wrong. <clears throat> but, but understand this, that what he did was, in an effort to kind of get rid of this out of his heart, they put a statue, by the way, in the place where he stood to him later on. But he wanted to get rid of it. This He hadn't honored his parents, and he wanted to do it. Now listen, <clears throat> if you haven't honored your parents, today's a great day to get it right. Today would be a great day for you to phone your mother and say, I am so sorry. I'm telling you, listen, uh, <clears throat> Somebody said this, that parents love their children much more than their children love their parents. And I think that's probably true. <laughs> you know, parents have a much greater stake in their children than their children have in the parents. You know, <clears throat> and, and, and hurts don't go away like we think they do. You know, people put a face on it and they move on. But, you know, the truth is that w when we've hurt them, it lingers. And if you have the opportunity today, the joy of being able to talk to your mother and say, listen, I am so sorry for what I did. You know what? You would do two things. You might set her heart free. But you would definitely set your heart free too. We need to honor them. You say, Pastor, <clears throat> that's hard. I'd, I, I'd have to humble myself to do that. I'd have to get down the nitty gritty and deal with me to do that. I'd have to, you know, <clears throat> listen, you need to humble yourself. We all need to humble ourselves. We need to understand that the biggest issue for us often is our pride. I honestly think this. I think there will be more people in hell because of pride than for any other single sin. Because here's what happens. We, we're presented with the gospel. Jesus Christ died for your sins. And we say, oh, no, 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 I'm not that bad. 
I, that's the instant reaction of everybody I've ever known, I think. I'm not, I'm not that bad. At some level, I'm not that bad. I don't, I don't need, listen, I'm not so bad that I needed somebody to die for me. But God says you were. And here's the thing, because we refuse to see our need before God, then we never come to him for salvation. Now, he's ready, and he's willing, and he's waiting. But we refuse to come to him, and so there's no salvation in our lives. And people live in their sin and die in their sin, and they stand on their pride. That's absolute foolishness. If you're here today, and you're not saved, you haven't come to Jesus, you know, <clears throat> with empty hands saying, listen, I need salvation. I'm a sinner. I need it then you need to. doesn't matter how young you are. doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter how good you are or how bad you are. The truth is, we've all done wrong. Every last one of us. And it's when we are honest enough with ourselves to face the fact that we've done wrong that we can come to him because he paid the price for all our sins. It's done. Dusted. Finished. He paid the price for all of it. And when you come to him in your emptiness, he can fill your emptiness with his fullness. But if you won't face the fact that you're a sinner, you won't face the fact that you've not got it together like you pretend, you know what? He can't fill you. Today, if you're not saved, today's a great day to get saved. And today, if there's something between you and a mother or even a father, deal with it. Key command in our lives. Honor thy mother and thy father. Get real about this stuff. Make it real. Come to the place where it's not just, you know, the flowers, and it's not just the card, and it's not just the... It's the reality of honoring them. Because you know what? Our mothers are worthy of honor. God says they are. <clears throat> they are worthy of honor. And when you get on God's side of the issue and you honor your mother, things change. So if you need to deal with something, deal with it today. If you're not saved, oh, let today be the day. When you lower your barriers, when you <clears throat> get over your pride, when you yield yourself to him and you say, Lord, I'm coming, I need you. Because he'll take you. He always does. Let's all stand for prayer. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for the mothers that are gathered amongst us today. And oh, Lord, I pray. Lord, for every heart that needs to take and honor a mother today, Lord, may it be done. Lord, may there be burdens lifted from <clears throat> women's shoulders today, Lord, because a son, a daughter, uh, has made that call and, and taken and dealt with things. And Lord, I pray <clears throat> for those that are not saved today, Lord, that in your mercy and in your goodness, you would reach down and you would touch them and you would draw them to you. Let not pride... Uh, keep people away from you, Lord. Oh, Holy Spirit, would you work in hearts now, even now as we sing. In Jesus' precious name, amen.